0: Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. For Jessica Leonard, it's all about the palate. She has prepared meals in some of New York's most storied restaurants, Daniel, Eleven Madison Park, the James Beard House, and the Virginia Governor's Mansion, clearly not in Manhattan. But it was Jessica's love of chocolate that inspired her to go out on her own. In February of 2018, she opened Miss Maud's Bar of Chocolates in Richmond, Virginia. The name, by the way, referred to Virginia native Miss Maud, who came of age in the roaring 20s and left home for the big city to, among other pursuits, find the world's best chocolate. Jessica, by the way, is originally from Northern Virginia, so the opening of Miss Maud's Bar of Chocolates is a homecoming of sorts. Before joining the culinary world, Jessica spent 10 years working as a financial analyst in D.C. and Manhattan, including a stint as a vice president at Citigroup. So let's meet and get to know Miss Maud's alter ego. Jessica, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. (laughs) So you didn't start out to be in the world of food. You were a business major,
1: I guess? Yes, finance major. Finance major.
0: Because you wanted to be what?
1: I really actually always wanted to do food. I've loved food since I was two years old, probably before then. I always (laughs) wanted to do food. And my parents, of course, were like, you can do anything you want after you get your undergrad degree, which I was always really mad about. Um, But they were right. They were absolutely right, and I realized that when I left finance and went to culinary school and started working. in well, when you were growing up, as
0: you got into summer jobs or whatever, no. did you work in the food industry or no, no, nothing? But you were no. just kind of. I was just you know. You just like to eat or like appreciated. <laughs> yeah, food. And just cook, cook,
1: cook. Oh right, so you yeah. were a home cook. Yes, always and, cooking. And was it. Desserts, or was it? I, that was my first love in the kitchen, was desserts. I would create these concoctions, which I now realize were bread pudding, mm-hmm. but I thought they were genius. I'd put like Wonder Bread and sugar <laughs> and cream and maraschino cherries in a dish and with an egg and bake it. And my Dad would eat it up, and I'd get praise. Well, you're making my stomach turn. But (laughs) But
0: that's okay. Looking
1: back, I'm like, oh, it's bread pudding. That's what it was. Yeah, right, right. So it was Um, really
0: just a hobby that you had,
1: mm that you enjoyed. Were your mom and dad good cooks? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. my entire family, we love food. But also, my grandparents were temperance people, so a lot of people have their holidays around just like drunk uncles. It wasn't that. It was just food, food, food. Just so how you much got just, drunk on food. Yeah. How mm-hmm. much dessert can you
0: eat? Not and, you know. and home-cooked desserts. Right. So you go to college, you major in business,
1: and then you say to yourself, I got to get out of Virginia? Yeah. Went to D.C., but I always wanted to be in New York. Manhattan's like, it's my heart and soul. I, I, I identify how, as a New Yorker. <laughs> but how, did you, how did you know from New York? Did you come here as a child? Yeah. I came for the first time when I was 14. Oh, all right. I think I always loved it, though. I watched too many classic films, too many musicals, mm-hmm. just, you know, the dreamy world of Manhattan. Yeah. So you
0: go to school at GW, mm-hmm. you major in finance, and then do
1: you start work right away in yes. New York? First Maryland, mm-hmm. then D.C. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for a while. I started a catering company on the side when I was in D.C. It was doing well, actually. I was Cooking just, you know, for whom? Just anyone. <laughs> Cooking in their homes, mostly. That's how I got around the not having a, a commercial kitchen. Oh, commercial kitchen. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, so I was had, technically it, cooking in their home, so I'd do baby showers. and.
0: But that's really interesting that you got yourself out there and you yeah. started from scratch. I mean, that's, that's
1: impressive. Yeah, and it fulfilled that emptiness that... You know, so, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I was always like, I need to go into food. I need to go into food. But it was such a scary transition. You know, you start making a little money in finance. You don't want mm-hmm. to give up your lifestyle. Well, it's a lot um, more stable, I guess, in a sense, following a particular
0: path, you know, a business path. Right. And then. And healthcare. Oh, right. and healthcare. <laughs> Whole another subject. <laughs> but how did you know what to do? How did you, you know, promote yourself? Just. By virtue of the fact that he made bread pudding at home. What made you think you could do this <laughs> and cater
1: and lot- get paid for it? Lots of dinner parties. Um, ah, okay. And then I met someone who was doing a charity, so I catered the charity fashion show. And that got me put in a lot of media places. I don't know. Do you remember Daily Candy? I don't think so. It was a daily email of just, like, fun, girly stuff happening. And Daily Candy reached out to me and did an article on me. And then that... What year was that? Gosh, 2008, maybe? So that was happening. And then... You know, I always wanted to move to Manhattan, and then I get this job offer from Citigroup, and I'm like, oh, do I give up this catering company that may take off? Were you successful? I was getting there. I was still working in finance and just doing this, like, at nights Uh and weekends, but I felt like I was kind of, like, getting a lot of people interested, Mm -hmm. and so I had to make this huge decision. Do I stop cooking and go to Manhattan and eat? <laughs> yeah. <afford laughs> or do I stay here uh-huh. and cook? And ultimately, you yeah, know, I really wanted to be in Manhattan, so.
0: Well, listen, not for nothing. That's what you studied in school. Yeah. And not that other people can't reinvent themselves, but, you you know, you got a degree, why not go for it? And, you know, Citibank is nothing to sneeze at. Right. So you move to Manhattan and you work in finance for about how long, would you say? Four years. Four years. Yeah. And there was still something sort of brewing inside of you, like, I mean, this is great, but...
1: I loved being in Manhattan. But was, I meant job wise. I was so underchallenged at City oh, Group. Everyone nice. says you work in finance, it's so hard. It was I had so much free time, which was great. <laughs> um, but I was not self-actualizing at all. Mm-hmm. So. so it was obviously too an opportunity for you to experiment
0: and experience all different kinds of cuisines, correct? Yes. That you might I not have ate otherwise. Manhattan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all of it. I came, Every I new restaurant. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ate everything. Thank goodness you have to walk in this town. <laughs> and then Citigroup. Everything just started slowing down. There was no bonuses, and I, you know, if you left, your position wasn't being filled. And I was just like, okay, this is over. This is over. I'm never. I'm never. You know, I could leave City and try keep going in finance, but I was like, nope. I'm doing it. I'm going back to Virginia where I can afford the rent. I'm opening the shop, but when did you work in these restaurants, these Tony restaurants, Daniel? So yeah, I didn't eat. instantly open my shop, yeah, right? <laughs> so I, I left in 2014, and I actually went to a culinary program in Virginia. Yes, mm-hmm. and this is how I realized my parents were right. Did the culinary program, did some stages and internships, working in you know the fine dining world. It was unbelievably hard hardest thing I've ever done in my life physically taxing emotionally taxing and I realized all these I'm a lot older than everybody else who's an intern Mm -hmm. and they're 18 20 and they don't know that this doesn't have to be your lifestyle it's not it's not really okay to work 16 hour days on your feet and not take a break how, how old
0: were you when you started apprenticing
1: oh um goodness 33-ish? Is that, that's when you went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. And but I'd already had my experience in finance. I, I, I knew my rights as a worker. <laughs> sure. And so when
0: you were in culinary school, was the focus for you all kinds of food? Or yeah, food? I didn't focus on pastry. And you graduate, and then you come to Manhattan, you go back to Manhattan again? I came just to do my stages, mm-hmm. to do my internship. Um, and so these, these restaurants were your internships? Mm-hmm. So you have this under your belt.
1: And then— So I knew I didn't want to work in a restaurant. I didn't want the traditional, you know, I thought maybe i go back into catering. Catering. Uh-huh. I knew I didn't want that traditional restaurant lifestyle. Just, mm-hmm. I knew it was just too much for me. I wanted a product. I knew I wanted a product. I wanted a food product. I was a little like, oh, okay, what is it going to be? I was maybe pimento cheese. I'm in the <laughs> South. <laughs> uh, okay. Does that make your stomach turn too? <laughs> well, it's not
0: anything I would aspire to. It's kind of an interesting selection. I mean...
1: I feel like you can make anything artisanal these days. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the hot thing. Were you ever a candy freak? I love chocolate. I love all food, but love chocolate. I was buying all these chocolate bars because there's like, there's this flavor, there's almond, there's cherry, there's caramel. And I'm buying like 12 of them, but really I just want a bite of each. So, so that's sort of s- sad. Yeah. In your and I'm like, why isn't somewhere. there one bar with multiple flavors? can satisfy all my Yes. Taste then I'm buds. like, ta-da, that's it. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna make this happen. You know, I started researching, I'm like, okay, it doesn't exist. So you, then I had to learn chocolate, which is not the easiest thing to learn in America. Um, there's not many programs. The most you'll get is like maybe a week here. Like Valrona opened a school in Brooklyn, but it's you know three day workshops, well, and that the, sort of thing. The name that comes to my mind uh, and one of the bold face names mm-hmm. in that
0: business is Jacques Torres. Yes. You know, yes, in the, and the they, chocolate factory. Yes. And the, yeah, Love I his mean, product. Yeah, the preeminent, I guess, chocolatier. Yeah, in uh, New York. So you go back home to form this company. Mm-hmm. How did you give birth to this on every level?
1: What did you do for backing? How'd you do it? Oh, I just faked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> but that's not You know, not people think,
1: I know, people think because I'm in finance that, that oh, you, you must know how to run a business. when you're in corporate finance, you do one thing. So I don't I didn't know how to get my licensing, didn't know how to do it. I could do a great like PL, but <laughs> that doesn't, you know, that doesn't explain like who controls chocolate? Well, it's the Department of Agriculture, not the Department of Health. So I just had to figure it out. The first thing I did was hire a third, third or fourth generation chocolate maker out of Brooklyn just to kind of talk with me. Like, let's talk about chocolate and how mm-hmm. to, you know this industry? And then he's in- introduced me some other people, like the person I bought my tempering machine from. And they've been a great resource. It's just so you had savings? Savings and investors, yes. So you went around to people and you asked them to
0: be part just of Just one this. person. All right. Was, yeah. it, was it a family member? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that you needed a financial foundation, yeah. clearly, yes. so that you could get started. Yes. So you amassed all this information
1: mm-hmm. and you had to go to chocolate school, didn't you? Not really. Like I said, I went to this one guy and then I just looked all over the internet for chocolate courses, anything. Most things are three days. The only chocolate program that was six months was somewhere in France, outside of Paris and not in English. Mm. And my French is not that good. So I went to just every workshop I could find. And then ultimately I can make you a chocolate bar with fillings. You know, I was practicing in my kitchen as I was waiting for my professional kitchen to be built and I can do a ganache, but it's not going to have a shelf life. And that's, the knowledge I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So I hired um, It's the science. Yeah, the science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely science in chocolate. A lot of science. Sure. So yeah, I hired a guy to just come down and make chocolate with me and help me with recipes and help me with ways to extend the shelf life because I wanted this to be a product that could sell at Neiman's, you know, and I don't have to replace it every week. Now, while you're waiting for your professional kitchen to be built, which was where
0: in your home or did you have a space? Did you rent?
1: Yeah, I rented a space completely, gutted it, it's my studio, so I've got a nice little area where you can hang out, buy chocolate, and then the other half of it, that's where I'm making the chocolate, so you can watch the whole thing. So it's
0: a storefront, mm-hmm. and in the back is where yeah. the magic happens. Mm-hmm. So It's how, all very open. How long did it take you from the time of the idea, you know, moving back home mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I wanted to do, till opening that store? Two years. That's all. You think that's good? I do. <sighs> Thanks. I'm not patronizing you, but you seem to be sort of glossing over this a little bit. Were there not bumps
1: in the road? Was it just such
0: smooth sailing?
1: No, it wasn't at all. It was the most frustrating thing. And it was all just, dis- it's hard to explain because it was so discombobulated. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot, I need to do this. You know, and I'm halfway through building my kitchen and, oh, it turns out I don't need um, an exhaust system because I'm just making chocolate, which, awesome, I'm saving $100,000, but you know, I don't figure that out till halfway through. And so you, you know, really didn't have like, a mentor, so to speak, did you? No.
0: This was yeah, all yeah. doing it on your own. Yeah, just figure it out. Go. <laughs> well, I think that's a really big deal. I mean, yes, there was somebody who believed in you, whether it was a family member or not, who gave you, you know, the
1: base, the money. And, you know, of thing. course, I wrote a business plan in the beginning, but I just, you know. Yeah, what was well, the point? I just pulled that out of, you know. Right. I, just, I think a lot of business plans are like that. <laughs> but somewhere in your being, you knew that you could do this. You had that. Background? I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to have my own thing. My family, goodness, I think there's only two of us in my extended family who work in corporate America. My dad owned his own company. My grandfather was the hardware king of Roanoke, Virginia. (laughs) So you had it in your DNA? Yeah. I'm like everyone else can do it. I can do it too.
0: So but, you wanted to do something different with chocolate mm-hmm. that you didn't want to sell 87 different bars of chocolate, like chocolate with a cherry flavor, or cho- mm-hmm. you know, dark chocolate or light chocolate, or with almonds or without. I'm being a little, you know, not very sexy about it. You knew that you, <laughs> almonds are sexy. <laughs> you wanted something really unique. Exactly. I knew I could market it to myself, and I always think I'm my target market. If I like it yeah other people will like yeah so how long before you actually quote struck gold in the sense that you found the right mixture or the right product
1: so i had to figure out what flavors i had to pick eight flavors that didn't alienate anyone so i've decided i'm gonna do this one bar with eight flavors but i gotta pick the eight flavors so i've got to pick eight flavors that like someone's gonna be like oh i'm not gonna buy that because it has cherries but also i am gonna buy this because it has caramel so i had to figure that out but that just to,
0: to interrupt you for a second that was like the point you started to make why do i have to buy 8 different bars of chocolate when i can marry them all together in one bar mm-hmm. and as i was doing research for you do you dub that chocolate bar why choose mm-hmm. but that it has 8 Different squares, so you could break off a piece if you're not a cherry lover and give it to somebody yes. else. Yes, and
1: I also my mold are custom designed. So on the piece of chocolate, it's imprinted what it is. So it literally says cherry on cherry, and almond on almond, and champagne on champagne. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I know because some people are very, you know, some people break their like truffle in half to make sure they're getting the right one, or they want their Whitman sampler, mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. little map. So you have a sampler actually in a bar of chocolate. Yeah, and it's but it's on the chocolate. And yeah. how
0: did you come? to marry those eight flavors? I think you started to say, and I interrupted oh, you. So Yeah, I,
1: I started with the ones I like, it's, asked friends and family. I, I did a survey that I sent to like the University of Richmond, and then also was thinking, okay, well, you know, I want it to be organic, because people love that. I was like, I want it to be gluten-free. That'll help. You know, it's going to have nuts. Um, it has almonds. There's Miss Maud. Let's focus on her.
0: Was that just a no brainer when you thought of what to name your company? First, it was Bar of Chocolates.
1: All right. Which is so hard to say. Bar of Chocolates. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> flow out of your mouth. No. Yeah. And uh, off your tongue. My cousin and I, she used to be designer at Ralph Lauren, and we kind of share a brain. We grew up watching the same old films, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and we both mm-hmm. love the 1920s mm-hmm. in our deck. And I'm like, can I have a girl? Yeah, I mean, we're probably drinking. And she is just, she's this amazing artist. She just sketches her. And, it is, you know, she just sketched what my mind was kind Aha. of...
0: And you saw her right in your face, yeah. and you said, this is, yeah, this is I want her. Yeah, and this is Miss Maud. And you researched and discovered that Miss Maud had come to age in the roaring 20s and was, as I said in the introduction, kind of like you're her alter ego. Yes. Just to, I wanted to go out on her own and live life and just
1: experience life the way you have. Yeah, exactly. So it was a no-brainer, huh? Yeah, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's my mascot, but yeah. So the idea was each flavor is from a different part of the world in her travels. So Marcona almonds, Spanish Marcona almonds, caramel is actually is Arabian. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. French champagne, obviously. Mm-hmm. Peruvian pink salt. I never even heard of that. If you put salt on desserts these days, people buy them. <laughs> they love really? their salted. Yeah, they're salty and sweet. All right. Put salt on chocolate. Now that I've said that to you, you'll notice when, okay, you're, when you're shopping. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of people who are like, "The pink salt's my favorite." Let's see what else I've got. Earl Grey, so English Earl Grey, um, Japanese tart cherries. There's hazelnut, Italian hazelnut praline. So and this has
0: been hugely international.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Southern crispy rice. It's like an adult rice crispy. I just caramelize the rice crispy with a. You know, I make a sugar caramel. So take us through the making of a Y Choose bar. So every chocolatier I talked to on the during this journey they were like you're insane. This is going to take way too long. You know, usually you slap some chocolate in the mold, you throw the almonds on it, done. It takes 3 seconds. Right. So my process, first you make the fillings. <laughs> so there's four there's four creamy and four hard. So obviously I don't grow the cherries or the almonds I can Mm -hmm. just buy those but everything else the caramel the champagne ganache little gray I make that obviously I caramelize the Rice Krispies Um, so I do all that this is very labor intensive it's very labor intensive so I make all those then when I'm actually making the chocolate bars I put a layer of chocolate in the mold you kind of dump it out and then you have a shell then I put each little flavor in the right square because you know the shell the mold has the name on it right? Mm exactly so I got to make sure I put it in the right place Put those in. Then I put a top layer of chocolate to close it. Um, then we unmold it. Then we package it. When I initially had the idea, I was like, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> I knew how to temper chocolate.
0: But by asking and by reading and mm-hmm. by just getting out there, mm-hmm. you figured it out yourself. You, there was no apprenticing no. at a chocolatier.
1: No, I would have loved that, but no.
0: I still sort of marvel at this, <laughs> that you just went into the kitchen and figured out
1: what to do. Did you have taste tests? I definitely show up with chocolate and you got to taste this you got to taste this i don't care if you're not in the mood you got to taste this and people But you're not let... asking experts you're asking just the average joe and jane my fabulous friends of uh-huh. <laughs> elevated
0: taste of course if they want to be my friends mm-hmm. so they're my target market for sure and was it a
1: relatively easy journey no come... no. <laughs> no because why it f- felt sometimes i'm like i'm not doing enough work i'm doing way too much work I didn't know what my next step was going to be every time. I just was figuring it out as I go along.
0: So from the time that your professional kitchen was constructed till the time that you made your first bar of Miss Maud's chocolate. Oh,
1: that was quick. By the time it was done, I'd been playing in my kitchen. Um, I hired basically as soon as my kitchen at home, as soon as my professional kitchen was done and I had my beautiful tempering machine and I called in this chocolate master to spend a week with me and help me refine my recipes. And Were you off the mark at all when this person came in, or was it just more like
0: fine-tuning?
1: It was all about the shelf life. For example, Uh my ganaches, the creamy fillings, Mm -hmm. I make the ganache, and it gets poured into a frame. And that frame actually sits out for 24 hours, and it's called curing the chocolate, and it's getting the moisture out of it, which gives it a better shelf life because water is the enemy of chocolate. I didn't know that. And at home, I was making delicious ganaches, but, you know, it was just cream, chocolate, dump it in the mold, not letting it cure. And, you know, there's some little tricks, like you can use certain sugars to give it a little bit more of a shelf life, mm-hmm. you boil the milk a little or the cream a little longer. Just little things like that, these science things that you needed to be taught. Mm-hmm. Were you doing this separate from people advising you. Were you
0: basically the the only one in the kitchen making the chocolates?
1: Yeah, I still am. And
0: you still are. <laughs> it's There's just no, me, right now. It's just you. Yeah. But separate from the why choose bar,
1: I mean that's not all you sell. It is all I sell right now. I'm working oh, on my next right. bar. So yeah when everyone's like, you only sell one bar. Now I do sell some beautiful note cards that a local girl hand paints and I'm working on some candles just to have some stuff I don't have to make to sell. Yeah, it is but eight, you it's just eight different flavors. So it's kind of like, I just sell the one bar, but eight different flavors. So it's not that I could go into your store and
0: just buy a bar of chocolate ganache. No. You're selling just one bar mm-hmm. with, with these eight flavors. Mm-hmm. So when was inauguration? When did you open
1: up your, your store? I was right. soft open by November 2017. 2017. And then hard open, big party February 2018, right before Valentine's. But interestingly, in, in terms of November, that's
0: also right before Christmas and mm-hmm. right before Thanksgiving. Did that work on your behalf,
1: the timing in that? Yeah. The first three months, I thought I was going to be like the richest chocolates here ever (laughs) between the holidays and Valentine's. But of course, it slowed down. So a lot of um, like local magazines and newspapers came in and did articles on me. And that was was huge. I had so many people come in. I read about you. I read about you. I read about you. And then for the opening party, I literally just invited every single person I know, sent them a nice old-fashioned invitation and... You know, had great turnout, and that really helped. Well, again, at the risk of sounding, you know, like a stuck-up New Yorker,
0: <laughs> I would have to assume that you were the only game in town in Richmond.
1: Um, there's a couple other chocolatiers.
0: No one's doing what I'm doing, though, so... And I
1: think there's definitely room for
0: more and, and so you sort of bill yourself, in a way, as a gourmet chocolatier, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you elevated it to a different level.
1: People are always like, oh, can I bring, like, my 12 preschoolers in? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, this
0: is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But the chocolate only comes in the bar. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that as in only. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you see yourself expanding? So I want to do more bars. I have a million ideas for Share some theme. of them. So okay. the one I'm working on right now, and I want to release like an anti-Valentine's, a Galentine's bar. It's the SSB bar. It's a secret single behavior bar. So it's going to have all the things, all the foods you eat when you're alone. So it's, think cereal for breakfast, peanut butter straight out of the can, pretzels, potato chips, kind of your snack junky food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in direct opposition to the Why Choose bar, which sounds very yeah. sophisticated. Yeah, and so we've got, we've got Miss Maud, my cousin Drew, Miss Maud lying in bed with truffles and champagne. Yeah, so it'd be like, you know, very, very feminine and Not that Miss Maude's white shoes bar isn't feminine, but... That's what's in the works right now. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you want to expand to do more than chocolate bars, or this is just fine
1: for you? I think I want to stay with the chocolate bars with the multiple flavors. Mm-hmm. get so many ideas, like the Bachelor bar and you know, the Afternoon Delight bar. I just have, I have a million ideas, that's, but it's very I mean, hard. Terrific. So Yeah, you know, got to get the recipes. And then the other part that was just so difficult is nutrition information. And, you know, getting all the right stuff on the packaging and even finding a printer. Oh, my gosh, that was (laughs) a nightmare.
0: Wow. Yeah, marrying the science with the creativity.
1: When you step back and think about this, it really is kind of scaling a mountain. I know what to do now, but I also know that a... Developing a new chocolate bar from idea to you've got your packaging done, it's a year. It seems nuts to, to people.
0: But the fact that you have a why choose bar and only one that when I come into your store, that's quote, all I can buy food right, wise, right.
1: that hasn't hurt you in any way. People come in and they want to know what else they can buy and i they, they want another bar. I'm definitely getting that feedback. Did you assume that from the get go that
0: you were not going to be able to make it with just one? Yeah, type I wanted of the bar? why choose
1: to be the signature bar, kind of embodies. The concept, why yes. choose, have it all. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I
1: always had a million ideas.
0: But you said, you know, that you have to expand. But you have a website. Mm-hmm. And it's more now a question, I mean, because you would certainly ship chocolate all over, right.
1: right? Yeah, unless it's 110 degrees out. Right. Ship it with some ice packs. Do you have a lot of out-of-towners? Not as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I think I need to do a national promotion, a push not exactly sure what that entails but I've been talking to some PR firms and I'd like to get into some stores I had Oh, that's a thought. Sure. Neiman's reached out to me and they they love the bar but they're like you have to make what's inside of it more obvious on the front from the packaging cuz you look at that they're like you have 3 seconds and it's not obvious what's inside. It's not
0: grabbing you. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And it's difficult cuz people come in and they say to me all the time they're like I can explain it to people what it is. And they understand, and they can eat it and understand, but they look at the packaging, and it'll be home for a week, and they still don't understand until they're right, in it because right. it's such a new concept. Sure. So I'm, I'm definitely struggling sense. for my next print run with just even the white shoes, the changes I can make to make it more obvious what is happening. Because a lot of people also think that it's all jumbled up. That the whole bar is going to be all those eight flavors, which would not be very good, I don't think. But if I were to buy that
0: bar of chocolate and not break off a square, I mean, it can be eaten a half a square and a half a square at the same time. Could I do that, for sure. <laughs> people do. Have you been to France since you started? Um,
1: since I started.
0: Well... I, is France, Paris, the chocolate capital of the world? Traditionally, it's Belgium. Belgium ch- Belgian chocolates, of course.
1: But, you know, the Italians have a really good chocolate game. Mm-hmm. And my machine is Italian. And uh-huh. the chocolate I use is Italian. Now, of course, all cocoa beans come from near the equator. But it's right. made, you know, it's turned into chocolate. Your chocolate comes from Italy? hmm and how did you make that match? When I was buying my chocolate machine, the wonderful people I bought it from—they they let you hang out and give you a demo. And, and where was this that you did that? They're out of Buffalo. It's called Rick, out of Buffalo, New oh, York, State, New York. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? But you know, yeah. I'm always in Manhattan, so it's just whatever. Easy little yeah. mm-hmm. little trip. They get samples all the time mm-hmm. from chocolate distributors, and they, you know, I was just trying all these ones. I was like, "This is the best chocolate I've ever tasted." Valrhona is kind of the industry standard, and this is better than Valrhona. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, you know, it was organic and 60% dark, which I think is the absolute best chocolate. It's dark enough, but it also melts right when it hits your tongue. Not too sweet like milk. So, yeah, I thought that was the best chocolate I ever had. I'm like, I need to get this. So then I had to, of course, who will tell me this? You know, yeah. Obviously, I can't buy it directly from Italy because it comes over, you know. Yeah, I need mass, a warehouse. Yeah. But I need to find a distributor. All that little
0: stuff. It's not so little. It's, yeah, it's really. I mean, there are a lot of puzzle pieces. Yeah, procurement. That, is, yeah, yeah, has to be huge. Do you sort of look back at where you've come and just marvel at like what <laughs> you gave birth to?
1: Sitting here right now and seeing your perspective makes me feel that way. But no, I still am like, oh, I'm still inching along, and I still still so. So much further to go, and yeah, no, it's
0: not smooth sailing yet. <laughs> well, the fact that something like a Neiman Marcus was interested in yeah. it, I would assume down the road you'd like to make that kind of I, match. And, it definitely provides legitimacy. But on the other hand, do you think you'd need to be involved with a factory?
1: A lot of just other entrepreneurs I've talked to, I know a girl who makes shoes, and she's like, you at some point you need to separate your... You need someone else to do your manufacturing so you can really focus on the business. And it's hard doing both. I've been mm-hmm. trying to hire people here and there to help me with business stuff, um, you know, PR, marketing, graphic designers. This um, is a
0: 24-7 operation.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. But, but- it's going to be hard to let go. I mean, I love the chocolate making part. And mm-hmm. even though it's, it's work and it's literally makes my fingers ache, <laughs> and it'll, be, it'll be hard to find someone that I can trust.
0: But, but it, you do um, want to expand from
1: Miss Maud's.
0: Mm-hmm. But you also ship yes, chocolate. So why don't you tell people how they can uh, get
1: a bar of Miss Maud's without having to schlep to Richmond? Um, go to my website. Which is? It's www. Dot bar of chocolates with an s.com. You can also put in missmods.com and it'll redirect you to bar of chocolates. Okay. Just a little easier. You know, you can click on shop and you can order a bar right there. It's free shipping if you spend $50. How much is a bar? A bar why is $14.
0: Choose, why choose is $14? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Richmond struggles with that. New York doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> New I York's would, like, oh.
0: <laughs> I would understand that. We have run out of time, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything in Jessica's Brain and heart—that may mean that you might expand beyond chocolate. No, this is good for where you are right yeah, now. Yeah, this is this is good. I want to keep up with this for as long as long as I can. And do you see yourself opening other outlets and places, or just—I'd love to get to that point. Yeah? yeah, where would you like to go next? Well, here. Course, <laughs> I knew Manhattan. you were going to say that. Manhattan. I set you this up. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, Jessica, you just make it sound so simple. That's why I just kind of kept poking at you because but it's I mean it's wonderful Miss Maud's bar of chocolates and your why choose bar I mean you know you gave birth to this it's just really exciting got a feeling we'll be hearing some more from you you and Miss Maud.
1: I'd love that oh well you'll come back you absolutely know? I'll bring the SSP bar there you go well oh, what's your secret single behavior
0: I don't think I'm going to share that. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It's a secret. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing your passion with us. It's very contagious. I wish you much more continued success. Thank and you. you'll keep us in the loop for sure, I Absolutely. hope. Absolutely. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.